And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord was shown around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly the heavens cracked open. And there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, when they saw it, they made known what the angel told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as had been told them. Let's bow our heads and pray this Christmas morning together. Father, God, you are great. You are faithful. You are also very intentional. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord, I pray that today people will hear your word. God, instill in my heart a boldness to speak your truth effectively. Release a passion in me that is contagious. Father, may your spirit be felt and embraced. Creator of all, create in us a deeper understanding of what today is actually about. And that is about the good news of great joy the beginning of the gospel in flesh. And I pray this in your precious son's name, the one who lived, died, and is risen, and is with us. And his name is Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Good morning, guys. I'm, I'm so excited you're here with me this Christmas morning. We have uh, been going through a series called God With Us. And we have discussed how God was with Mary, through, Mary and Joseph through their challenges. And, and just last night, we discussed how God was with Simeon. Today, we're going to look at how God was with the shepherds. I love the story of the shepherds, which we find in Luke chapter 2. It starts around verse 8. And uh, I mean, this, this is an incredible story. Can you imagine what it might have been like to hear this story firsthand from the shepherds? This this ancient narrative has all the ingredients of a thriller. 
I, I mean, it has emotion, suspense, action, and an unlikely hero. And that hero is a baby born in a barn, lying in a feeding trough, but with a mission to save humanity from their sin and offer them new life. Wow, that, that is exciting. That is something to be amazed about. See, what gets me sometimes is I feel as if I get more excited or more wowed by the Cavs winning a championship than I do in hearing about the good news of Jesus. Or I am, or I am completely and utterly humbled by the power of a Ford Super Duty, which is first on my Christmas list and probably will be to the day I die, but I'm, I'm more humbled by that than I am the majesty of Jesus. I mean, th- those are good things, but is that what I'm truly created for, to be excited about, to be humbled by, to have passion for? I mean, here's an example. I've worked with the youth for a while now, and the youth can see right through people. But so can the adults. But the difference is the youth will let you know they're seeing right through you, and it's pretty brutal when they do. And a few years ago, I was with a group of young men, 7th and 8th graders, and we were watching some sporting event on TV. And it was either the Cavs or the Indians. It definitely wasn't the Browns, despite our win yesterday. It definitely wasn't the Browns because what happened was a cool, a cool play, a cool trick happened. And, and as I was raving over this, this game, this, this play, and I calmed down a little bit, one of the, one, one of the young men looked at me and he said something in a very serious tone. And when an eighth grade boy gets serious, it's really rare, so I was locked in with him. And what he said to me went along the lines of, Mike, I've, I've never seen you get so excited over something like that. That statement caught me off guard. And I don't know if he meant to say it in this way. But the way he was looking at me, the tone of his voice, was almost as if he was saying, you know, Mike, when you talk about the Bible, when you teach Sunday school, when you tell other people about Jesus, it's almost like you don't really care in comparison to how amazed you are by this game. That was humbling. What I actually realized in that moment is I could, I could go up to any stranger and tell them how great the Cavs are with detail, with excitement, with passion, boldness. But I don't think I could have done the same for my Savior. I probably would have came off a little dry or this is what I'm supposed to say kind of attitude. And that's not really effective for the kingdom, nor is it healthy for a relationship with God. I mean, he's with us, right? Why am I not acting like it? Today, we can assume what will be said in pretty much every Christian church worldwide. Pastors and teachers will talk about the birth of Jesus. And that's a good thing. I'd be concerned if they weren't. 
But the birth of Jesus, I mean, it's a very important story. However, one of my main concerns is that this story, stories become so common that we have lost our excitement over it. The fact that God humbled himself and became a man for some reason ceases to amaze us. And do you know what happens when this story fails to wow us? Our ability to share it with deep conviction, with passion, diminishes. And when people, like people sense that lack of conviction, that, that lack of passion when we tell it. And it doesn't seem too appealing as we're telling it. People don't care about the story of Jesus. And I think a big reason why people don't care is because sometimes, a lot of times, we don't care that much about the story of Jesus. Perhaps this morning, someone asked you to come, or maybe your family comes together uh, to church on the holidays, and I'm so happy you're here. But perhaps um, you personally don't really care too much for religion or care too much for the birth of the story of the birth of Jesus or Jesus at all. It's just a holiday. It's just one of those things that come around every year. But maybe, maybe this is because all of the Christians you've interacted with don't seem to care that much either. And for this, I am sorry. I am truly sorry. Maybe you're here this morning as a Christ follower, and you are continually frustrated that your friend or family member is always ignoring, rejecting your evangelistic efforts. It's like talking to a brick wall, and when you drop some wisdom on, it, on them, they do the exact opposite, and you're just here frustrated. Your, your blood is boiling as I'm talking about it. But maybe your efforts are being ignored, rejected, because that friend or family member doesn't see this story, the story of Jesus, affecting you, living in you. Are we amazed that Jesus humbled himself? Humbled himself. He left heaven and came to live with us, to live with sinners, in order that he might save us. Or have those facts or truths just become mundane? They're just dull. Are we amazed by the life of Jesus? Maybe, maybe that strikes a chord in you when I say that. Maybe you can resonate with that reality. Maybe you're thinking, I could totally talk about my job or my hobbies to a stranger in line, but I can't talk about my Savior in such a way. Not even on Christmas. I can brag about my, my new car, my new boat, my new outfit I got this morning, but I can't boast in the one true God who took on flesh. When I win $50 in a scratch-off, I get all pumped up. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but when I read, when I read about 
angels announcing the birth of a savior, the savior of the world. I just nod my head in agreement. Cool. Fascinating. If that's you, as it was myself, and feel convicted, good, I'm, I'm happy the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart. But now imagine with me, imagine, what if we could share our experiences, how we're living new in Christ, how God is with us, and, and, and he's with us through the challenges that we face throughout the world, and we share these experiences in a way that is awed, stunned, amazed of who he is. And we share it like that. What would happen? What would happen if we passionately shared Jesus like that? I don't think we could fathom the amazing things that would come from it. With that said, what can we do to grow in our amazement of who God is and then passionately share the story of Jesus with others? What can we do now? Well, today, I want to talk about a group of guys in this Christmas story that were amazed. And their amazement caused them to share the story of Jesus' birth with conviction, with passion. There's much we can learn from these no-name shepherds in Bethlehem and how God specifically used them. So if you're not there, turn with me to the Gospel, uh, Gospel Luke chapter 2, verse 8 is where I'll start. My aim this morning is to rekindle our amazement at the story of Jesus in order that when we share it, we share it with passion. So I have three points I brought here uh, this morning. And my first one is, if you want to share the story of Jesus with passion, we have to listen with intention. Verse 8, and in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord was shown around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who is Christ the Lord. Notice the angel only speaks once. He never, he never repeats himself. Yet the shepherds don't miss a beat. In fact, the remainder of the story indicates that the shepherds listened with intention because they repeat the message they just received once they get to Bethlehem. Imagine, imagine if scripture said this instead. When they... When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, that was pretty cool. We just saw a bunch of angels. Do you, do you, uh, do you remember what that one angel said? And the other angels over, uh, shepherds over here, and he's like, uh, um, I, I zoned out, bro, I'm sorry. And, the and then the first angel that replies, Ah, oh, man, I suppose we just keep tending to our flock. Hopefully, hopefully it wasn't too important. If Scripture said that, I would be so annoyed. I'd be like, Ugh! but no, 
they were hanging, the shepherds, they were hanging on every single word the angel had to say. They listened so well, they shared the message to everyone once they, got, once they saw Mary and Joseph and, and the Messiah, Jesus. And I get it, I get it. Some of you might be saying right now, well, Mike, the shepherds had an angel tell them this message. Obviously, they're going to listen to whatever that message is. You have a point. You have a point. But what do we listen to now with intention, with purpose, with meaning? I mean, let's be real. If we really value something, we pay attention to it. If we really value something, we pay attention to it. How many of you can explain to me what happened in your last show of your favorite episode? Or like, explain your favorite episode, last show, like Walking Dead, whatever it is today, the big shows. Can you explain the last episode? I'm sure you can walk me through the major points. That's not that hard. Do you know the words of some of your favorite songs? That's easy. I know so many songs. I love the Beatles. That's my favorite band. This one stings. Can you walk me through the details of how the Indians made it to the World Series and blew a 3-1 lead? Oh, we lost two pitches. I can, I can talk about that forever. So my point is, you don't need angels. You just need to care enough to pay attention, to listen with intention. Now, what are we supposed to listen to, listen with intention to? If there are no angels, what, am, what, what is out there that has any importance? The shepherds only received a handful of sentences a handful of sentences from the angel. But you and I have access to over 31,000 verses of God-breathed scripture. If we, if we all knew angels were over in Brexville Park and were giving a message from the Lord, I'm sure we would drop everything and go over there and hear, listen in on what they have to say. But we have the very words of God in our homes, at our fingertips, and have no time for it. When we listen with attention to God's word, and when we do, when we do listen with intention, we find things in those pages that are so wonderful, so amazing, incredible. Psalm 119 verse 72 says, the law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. The word of God is priceless. That needs to be our mindset. The word of God is priceless. So if you want to share the story of Jesus with passion, we have to listen with intention. And now my next point, act in faith. Act in faith. Verse 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The shepherds believed what they were just told and went. If they had no faith, they would have stayed in the field or reluctantly went. But they did have faith in the message they just received. Literally, as soon as the angels went away from them, they talked it over and pointed out that the message was from the Lord. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. They're recognizing how important the message they just received. They say, which the Lord made known to us. 
So the shepherds listened and believed and acted out in faith by going to Bethlehem, and they went with haste. They went fast. I mean, they were booking it to Bethlehem to see this Messiah. In the same way, when we listen intently to God's word, the scriptures will always call us to act in faith. Romans 1, verses 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to also the Greek, for it is in for it is in the righteousness of God is revealed for faith from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteousness, the righteous shall live by faith. So when we read this with intention, a way to act out in faith is to not be ashamed of the gospel, to not be ashamed of the Christmas story. And following that, to live a righteous life by faith. And that faith is in our Savior, Jesus can't live a righteous life without him. Here's another one. This is filled with examples of how to act out in faith. And I, and I want you guys to look at this passage with me. It's Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. This is a pretty popular passage, so some of you may know this one. And I'm going to start. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, this this is key, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. Go and make disciples of all nations. Scripture is constantly calling us to action, and yet too often we refuse to act in faith because someone might think we're odd, or we might lose a friend over it. Those are things that come that our mind tries to trick us and tell us to not talk about the gospel, to not talk about Jesus. We don't want to stir the pot or make someone feel awkward. We refuse to act in faith Sometimes because we're passive, and, or worse, flat out lazy. The book of James says, if we are only hearers of the word but not doers, our faith is worthless. Listening with intention must be followed by acting in faith. And honestly, when we're, we're, we're reading God's word and listening to it, soaking it in, mind, body, and soul, acting in faith just happens. It just happens. These two points are inseparable. One cannot function without the other. We have to act in faith. So as we're acting in faith, we have to continually be reminded that God is with us, and that's the encouragement to continue to suffer for the gospel. God is with us. And we're more in tune to his presence while we're doing that. Trust me on that. So if you want to share the story of Jesus with passion, We have to listen with intention, act in faith. And my third point, worship with wonder. Verse 17 of Luke 2. And when they saw it, when they saw Jesus, they made known the saying that had been told them. So they listened with intention and they remembered the saying that had been told them. The saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, at what the shepherds told them. That's them acting out in faith. They're telling everyone around them. 
But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned. Here comes the worship with wonder part. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as had been told them. Notice that the natural outflow of the first two steps, the first two points, is worship. When we listen with intention and act in faith, God always makes good on his promises. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he uses us to make disciples and grow his kingdom. And when those things happen, worship erupts in our lives. The author of Hebrews describes this this worship well. Hebrews 12, verses 28 through 29. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. When we read the Bible and learn that the kingdom is unshakable, this ought to cause us to act in faith with confidence. Our king is a king that cannot be dethroned. And as we experience his life-transforming power in our lives and in the lives of those around us, worship explodes. This is what happened to the shepherds. It seems as if they just can't hold it in anymore and worship flows out of them. Our worship has direct connection to our amazement. People bored with this story do not worship with wonder. If your worship is dry, perhaps it stems from not truly listening to God's word and acting it out in faith. If you don't know God's goodness through his word and have not experienced his faithfulness by walking in obedience, why would you worship? What's there to worship about? There isn't anything to sing about if you haven't done the first two points, if you haven't listened and acted out in faith. Here's the truth. And this is a bold statement. Only those who are amazed by God's grace amaze others with God's grace. Only those who are amazed by God's grace amaze others with God's grace. Let's dream. What would happen if we were able to listen with intention? Listen to intention with God's word and then continually act in faith and do what the Bible calls us to do. I'll tell you what would happen. More people would come to the saving faith in Jesus Christ. Marriages would be saved. Families would be restored. Addictions would be broken. And missionaries would be developed. What amazing grace needs to happen in you for that grace to be amazing through you? Perhaps you've never heard the full story of Jesus before. Well, this baby lying in a manger grew in wisdom and stature. He lived a perfect life, was a man who knew no sin. Then he paid the debt of all who have sinned, and he paid it on a cross. That was for you and I. But then Jesus, Emmanuel, defeated death. 
He rose from the grave, and he lives today. He lives with us. That's the amazing grace that needs to happen in you. Call out to to our Savior. Call out to Jesus. Remember, only those who are amazed by God's grace amaze others with God's grace. Do you recall that young man who called me out when I was raving over that game? to which I can't even remember what it was, what game it was going on. That young man challenged me. He pointed out that my heart was overwhelmed by something that's not really important in the grand scheme of things. Actually, it's pretty meaningless. Is there something in your heart that gets more attention, more reverence and awe, more passion than Jesus? Ask God to change that. As Brian comes up here to, worship, to lead us in worship, I want to take a very precious moment. Since today is going to be absolute chaos for many. Lots of you will be going through, um, going to family to family, and that just brings on a lot of stress. That's not what this day is about. It's not about stress. And there are others for whom today is a, a very lonely day. Relatives lost that you're missing. Conflicts that cause separation. And due to this wide range of problems that this day brings to the surface, I want us to take a moment and go to God with intention, with a willingness to really open up to him. Ask God to make this Christmas different. Let let the Holy Spirit prompt you to act out in faith. And if you don't know how to go to God and want to, we have those cards in the bulletins. Fill them out. If there's any tug on your heart to do that, do it. Act in faith. It might, might end up changing your life. Let's have that precious moment and go to God right now. Father, God, you are so amazing. Your love for us is so radical. Let us love you in a radical way. To love you in a way that causes us to listen to your word, to take leaps of faith, to be bold when the world tells us to be silent to be kind and gentle when it's so easy to be the exact opposite. Let us love you and be excited knowing who you are, knowing who you are so well that we, we share you with others in a passion, passionately way because we are loved by a God that is so passionate. God, I pray that we worship with wonder right now. And when we return home, we just continue to glorify and praise you. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen.